0: If the Jets are going to beat the Raiders on Sunday night football, they're going to need the offensive line to play much better. We'll discuss today on Locked On Jets.
1: You are Locked On Jets. Your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Thursday, November 9th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com, thanking you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, please give it a five-star review. And if you enjoy the show and are watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help us out, help other Jets fans find the show. This Crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to PrizePicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to 100 dollars Welcome in Jets fans and Raiders fans. It's Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm John Butchko, the host of Locked On Jets, alongside your boy Q, the host of Locked On Raiders getting ready for Sunday night football. It will be the New York Jets making first trip ever to Las Vegas for a Sunday night showdown against the Raiders. Before the start of the season, you know, it looked like it could be a marquee matchup with Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback for the Jets. Uh, Raiders looking like they had a compelling team. You know Things not going exactly the way these teams thought it would, but still a potentially exciting game. Q, great to chat with you again. It's been a couple of years since we did this.
1: Yeah, no, it has. And uh, excited to be back with you, man. And it's it's been a strange season, right, for both teams, starting with the Jets and four plays in. Aaron Rodgers goes down with the torn Achilles. And then leading up to last week where Joshua Daniels is the first head coach in the, in the 2023 season to get fired. So did not think that this was going to be what we're talking about or the storylines going into week 10 of the NFL season. But that's why they play the games. And that's why the NFL is so intriguing, because we just never know how everything's going to shake out. The last time these teams played, I believe it was 2020, the the famous Greg Williams zero
0: blitz game. Oh, yeah. Miracle touchdown. Yeah, that was the storyline of that game. But what's the biggest storyline around the Las Vegas Raiders right now?
1: Well, after Josh McDaniels got fired last week, interim head coach Antonio Pierce comes in and, and leads the team to a victory over the New York Giants. Right. And it was a pretty. Pretty uh, easy victory. Uh, easy is probably not the right word, but it was a pretty, um, pretty big wide margin, you know, scoring 30 points the first time the offense had gone over 20 points all season long, and I kind of felt that that was going to be the case. I didn't know what the score was going to be, but I kind of felt like they would rally around AP for that first week. The storyline for me, the biggest storyline is what does it look like week two? What does it look like now that it's not the rallying cry? Now that it's not the brand new, right? The fresh. The team's all having a good time in the locker room. You know, they're playing mini basketball in, in the locker room. This, that, and the other. What does it look like now? That's that's what it. That's what the biggest storyline for me is. It's like how do you sustain that energy, that uh, that new, that fresh, that breath of fresh air that all of a sudden this team and organization and fan base, John, has really received ever since Josh Daniels was fired can that translate into week two can it translate beyond week two so for me it's just what does it look like week two because again it's all still a lot of brand new what's uh what's the biggest storyline as far as you're concerned oh for the jets it's the disparity
0: between the offense and the defense right now because this is one of the best defenses in the nfl uh there's i don't think there's a weakness on this unit except you know maybe the safety position's a little shaky but you got a really good and deep defensive line. You have two guys, two young, two young uh, edge rushers who are breaking out this year. In Bryce Huff and Jermaine Johnson, Huff was an undrafted rookie back in 2020. Steadily become become an excellent pass rusher. Um, on the Johnson was a first round pick a year ago. I think expectations were higher for him heading into the season. He got off to a slow start this year. He um, first three weeks he really wasn't looking that good. After a big preseason, it, it kind of felt to me like, oh god, another guy all the hype in the summer and training camp and the exhibition season right but the last four games he's been for the last four or five games he's been outstanding uh linebackers look really good quincy williams is another guy who's had a breakout mm-hmm. season he's the brother of Quinnen williams who's Jets best player who i did not i should have mentioned when i talked about the defensive line defensive tackle uh next to cj mosley who's i think is having his best season as a Jets. um you know Mosley had a lot of great years in baltimore i think the jets his Jets career has been more up and down, but he and Williams are excellent and a, a, an outstanding corner trio uh, Sauce Gardner, first team all pro last year, having another excellent season. DJ Reed across from him playing at a pro bowl level and, you know, flies under the radar. Michael Carter, the second having a tremendous season yeah. in the slot. You compare that with the offense, things aren't going so well, <laughs> right? No, <laughs> know, yeah, Aaron Rodgers out after four plays, Zach Wilson in there. Some early signs maybe of progress, but it's not been good of late. Uh The Jets have, I think, three touchdowns in their last four games. You know, Q, here's the other thing. These three touchdowns all were Brees Hall taking one to the house on the first play of the drive. Mm-hmm. So they they can't sustain a drive at all. Uh Offensive line's a mess, a lot of injuries. They collapsed against the Chargers on Monday night. The receiving group has an excellent number one guy in Garrett Wilson, but after him, Alan Lazard not delivering as a free agent signing. Um, Randall Cobb, he's finished. I mean, there's no other <laughs> way to put it. Randall Cobb's just done. Um, yeah. You know, Xavier Gibson's a non drafted rookie. Who's you know, he's fine for a non drafted rookie, but I mean, you can't be your, you can't have a non drafted rookie as your number two. If Xavier Gibson's like your fourth or fifth receiver. You feel pretty good with a guy with a lot of speed. Maybe you can design some touches in space for him, but you don't want him as like your your second best receiver. So there's a huge disparity right now. You have one of the best defenses in the NFL and maybe the worst offense in the NFL.
1: And it's it's one of those things that the reason the Jets are four and four, I guess. Right. right. No doubt. I I did want to ask you about the storyline of the Jets and the quarterback situation, because I feel like, you know, there's a lot of conversation about why is Zach Wilson still in the game? How come you don't go to Trevor Simeon? How come you don't make a different decision? Is that a real true storyline or is that just something that we're hearing kind of from afar? Zach Wilson's
0: gonna start this game and the Jets are telling you Jets are telling us that this is not a real storyline. But look, I mean, this is a league where performance really matters and yeah. it's gonna be a storyline sooner rather than later. If you know, these things are always they're never storylines
1: until they are, right? And right, 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 for sure.
0: Zach Wilson keeps playing like this. I mean, they're gonna have to make a move, right?
1: Yeah, I would think so. I would I I just don't know. Like the big question I have is like, is Trevor Simeon that much better, right? I mean, that's 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 my big thing, you know. And is it Trevor Simeon? Is it the offensive line? I mean, we saw him get sacked eight times on Monday Night Football against the Chargers, and I know all of that's not on the offensive line, but it feels like the protection's been a question all season long.
0: Yeah, it's both, and I have to say right. the Jets—you know—you can't do anything when Aaron Rodgers gets hurt four plays into the season. Right. The Jets have also had injuries on the offensive line, but I mean, here's the thing: I don't think their plan A was very good on the offensive line. I mean, they were leaning on Dwayne Brown, who's 38 years old, who may be back for this game, and the Jets may need him, but. He got off to an awful start this season before he got injured. On the other side, you had Mikai Becton who hasn't played since 2020, really. Okay. Um, and he's he's been up and down. Um, it's just yeah, it's it's Lincoln Tomlinson, who was a free agent signing a year ago from San Francisco at left guard, has been a huge disappointment. Uh so it's it's both. I mean, I don't think there's one problem with the Jets' offense. I think these the, everything's a problem, and these things just kind of feed into each other. The quarterback makes the receivers worse. The receivers make the quarterback worse. Offensive line makes everybody worse. I don't think the play calling is very good. Nathaniel Hackett. I, I'm convinced the biggest reason that Nathaniel Hackett was hired by the Jets this offseason was because he the Jets were trying to convince Aaron Rodgers to come. Yeah, I don't think they. You know, I don't think they hired him because of his play calling acumen. And I think right. that's really shown itself to be the case. And I, I don't know, I, I'm kind of interested in your thoughts on the whole Josh McDaniel situation. Cause I know the Raiders just made a change and yeah. Antonio Pierce, that's a name that resonates with New York football fans. Cause we remember when he played for the giants and I was, I was like, wow, Antonio Pierce is a head coach in the league. Um You know, and I know the Raiders have a new quarter. Maybe you know, have a new quarterback in this game. You talk about yeah. what changed last week with against the giants uh, opposed to what's happened earlier in the season.
1: Yeah. I mean, Antonio Pierce just came in and he gave this team uh, new life, right? He he gave confidence in the players, the playmakers, the Devontae Adams, the, you know, the Josh Jacobs, the Hunter Renfro's, you know, guys like that. He gave them confidence. Aiden O'Connell, he put him in as a quarterback and said he gives us the best chance to win. So, you know, they went out there and they operated and they executed and they had a good time and and, and he made things loose right? And, and Hunter Renfro said in the locker room, I remember asking him about the the, the situation that they were in and, and what it's like having Antonio Pierce as the interim head coach, as opposed to having Joshua Daniels as the head coach. And he said, well, you know, everyone's just a little bit loose. You can see the locker rooms loose. They're in there playing basketball at the time. And he said, nobody's really walking around on eggshells. And that really resonated with me. Like you don't operate in you don't do any business really well. If you're nervous about making a mistake, you make a mistake. And then all of a sudden it's going to be some kind of You know consequences and repercussions. If you have to feel like that all the time, and and like Hunter said, walk around on eggshells, it's just not good uh, order operations. And that's really how these guys were feeling. Uh, Hunter had been a guy that was basically on the back of a milk carton forever. It wasn't getting any kind of burn. And the guy's a really good player. So it was always uh, strange to me why he wasn't getting any kind of attention. He got a couple catches on Sunday against the Giants. And so I feel like he's a, a little bit back and getting another opportunity to be the Hunter Renfro that he always has been. So uh, these guys are just loose. And one thing that stood out to me from all the players I talked to in the locker room is they kept saying that AP is a former player. He knows what we're looking for. He knows what, you know, what, what we can do. He knows how to put us in position to succeed as opposed to having us do things that he wants us to do just because he wants us to do it. So that stood out to me as well. So uh, him being a former player and a leader, as opposed to just an X's and O's coach, I think went a long way with the Raiders team on Sunday against the Giants. And, and like I said, at the top, want to see what it looks like in week two. Can that continue to ride? Or was that just a one week, you know, let's all get excited. Let's all have this extra energy and go out there and ball out. If they can bottle that up and keep that thing going, then the Raiders have an opportunity, as you mentioned, man. I mean, look, they're four and five. The Jets are four and four. Um, They're not out of it. Neither one of these teams are out of it by the thick of things. They just got to go out there and execute and go play ball
0: two very interesting paths to the to this game for the jets and the raiders and ahead here on this crossover edition of locked on jets and locked on raiders we're going to break down the key matchups that will decide this game this episode of locked on jets is brought to you by DoorDash. big sunday night football action coming up jets and raiders week 10 action You know, on Sunday night, you probably don't want to cook. You just want to have your meal delivered to you. And DoorDash provides you access with so many great restaurants in the New York area. All you have to do is download the app, create an account, and the Dasher will bring you food to you in time for kickoff. We're heading into the weekends. Weekends make you smile. And so does weekend food. There's a great restaurant in Brooklyn called Weekends. We're talking eggs, breakfast sandwiches, pancakes. You get the idea. And the, all that and more is on the menu at weekends in Williamsburg. This joyful cafe serves a mean brunch like the Soul Cow Breakfast Sandwich with avocado, smoked, smoked turkey bacon, rajas, and cheddar, and a hearty breakfast plate loaded with scrambled eggs, home fries, turkey bacon, cheddar, and a slice of toast. Enough fuel for the full day on the town or late at night when you're watching the Jets on your couch. But there are so many great restaurants in New York. You can pick any one of them. There are also old favorites chain restaurants like the Cheesecake Factory if you want something familiar. It's just you can get anything you want at DoorDash. And again, you don't have to worry about it. You can just relax, watch the Jets, and enjoy a good meal. And even better, right now you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, don't forget to use code LOCKED23. It's one word with no space. L-O-C-K-E-D, number two, number three, for 50% off up to a $10 value when you when you first order on your first order, when you download the DoorDash app and spend fifteen dollars or more, subject to change. Terms apply. It's crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm John Butchko, the host of Locked On Jets, alongside your boy Q, the host of Locked On Raiders, Jets and Raiders Sunday Night Football. When the schedule came out, I think we all thought the Jets would be quarterbacked by Aaron Rodgers. We thought the <laughs> Raiders would be coached by Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Uh, the NFL season has a lot of twists and turns, and sometimes you don't always get what you you expect. But we're still going to try and break this game down for you right now. Q, what matchups do you have your eye on in this one?
1: Well, I got a couple, uh, and I'll start with the Raiders' defense. They just came off an eight-sack performance against the Giants, and so I'm looking at the, the Raiders' defense led by Max Crosby and seeing what he can do against that Jets offensive line that's banged up, that's had a few different versions of it. How can he be effective? How, how much can he affect this game, right? Can he uh, wreck the game like he's really done this year? He's done a hell of a job. The guy's played so many snaps. I mean, he's got a motor that, that doesn't stop. How do the Jets go about trying to slow him down, right? I mean, I know that they're going to double him. They're going to chip him. They're going to do everything they can to try to slow him down. Can somebody else... You know take advantage of that right and of course the jets coming off that game against the chargers where they were sacked zach wilson was sacked eight times so i know max crosby is i'm sure licking his chops thinking okay i'm gonna have an opportunity but i also know that the jets are gonna they're gonna make changes they're gonna make you know they're gonna make uh you know just adjustments and everything and so they're gonna be ready to try to slow mad max down but one of my biggest matchups is definitely going to be that raiders defensive line going up against that jets offensive line can they get in there and be disruptive if they can one of the things that they've been doing really well this year has been creating turnovers. If they can get to the quarterback, disrupt them, make them uncomfortable, there's a good chance that they can create a turnover. And if they do, that'll help out their offense going up against that real stingy Jets defense. What about you? What are some uh, matchups you're looking at?
0: You know, it's funny because I, I always enjoy doing shows with you. It's been a couple of years since the Jets and Raiders play. And now I remember... Remember why? Because I think you—you're know, such a great. Ant- I was—I was going was to say Max Crosby against the Jets' offensive line. I think that's a. a <laughs> right. I mean, I, that's the—that's the matchup that terrifies me. Um, you know, so maybe I'll throw Nathaniel Hackett against Max Crosby in there because mm. I thought Hackett called a horrible game in many ways on Monday night. Um, the biggest issue though is they kept getting Joey Bosa one-on-one against Billy Turner, who was playing right tackle, and right. Bosa destroyed him. I mean, there's no other way to put it, and. I just didn't understand why the Jets kept doing it. And, I, you know, the other side, you had Khalil Mack going up against Makai Becton frequently, so that's a tough matchup. But, you know, I just couldn't get over the way the Jets handled that. And I, I'm hoping that they approach it differently. I have great concerns, though. And, uh, you know, I part of this is I, I, we don't know what the Jets' offensive line is going to look like. You know, I mentioned right. Dwayne Brown a little earlier. He was eligible to come off IR last week. They returned him to practice. He was a full participant participant in practice all week, but he did not ultimately get activated for the game. The early injury report this week suggests, again, he's a full participant. This could be the game he returns, which means you end up with Max Crosby versus Mackay Becton. The Jets would likely put Brown at left tackle, move uh, Becton from left tackle to right tackle. I don't know that I love the matchup of Becton versus Crosby. So that, that's one that concerns me. Um, I'm going to go to the other side of the ball, though. Um, I just think it's just a premium matchup. Devontae Adams versus Sauce Gardner. I mean, yeah. this is, these, these are the matchups, you know, they say it's worth the price of admission. Right. Top receiver in the league, top corner in the league. And, you know, like I, I really like Sauce Gardner. I, I trust him against anybody. You know, I don't want to say he's Darrell Rivas just yet, who, of course, Hall of Fame corner who played with the Jets. But. He's there in my lifetime there've only been two corners where no matter what the matchup is I trust that they're going to win. One was Revis and the second is Sauce Gardner and he's he's established that within 2 years. Uh so that that's what I'm looking at. It's interesting. Maybe it should be DeVonte Adams versus the Jets corners because Jets yeah. don't really travel their corners for the most part. Right. They actually did a little bit a Monday night against the Chargers. Uh but it's typically Sauce plays the left side, DJ Reed plays the right side, Michael Carter the seconds in the slot and all three of them are really rock solid.
1: Yeah, and that's really where I was going to go as well is with, uh, I was just going to say the the Raiders playmakers, the wide receivers, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, you know, Hunter Renfro in the slot or Trey Tucker in the slot or whoever's in the slot. And look, Devontae plays in the slot as well at times. But really, I'm just kind of looking at the Raiders wide receivers going up against that Jets secondary because they're really good. I mean, everyone's going to talk about Sauce Gardner. I was a huge fan of sauce gardeners coming out of Cincinnati. As I know many people were uh, knew that the Raiders had no opportunity to draft him. So uh, the jets got their guy. I love watching sauce. Like I said, I liked watching him in college thought he was a hell of a player. He still is. Uh, that's how, that's why he won defensive rookie of the year. I mean, he just is that guy. So uh, I'm excited to see just him up close to personal, seeing able, you know, see what he can do, but you know, DJ Reed's no punk, man. He's no joke, right? He's he's very solid across from him, And uh, there's there's players, man. So that jet secondary is going to be nasty. I want to see how the Raiders are able to adjust and try to even scheme these wide receivers open. And then on top of that, you know, to take it a step further, remember, this is a guy at the quarterback position. It's only getting his third career start in Aiden O'Connell. So... You know, how does he try to protect the ball? Because ball security in this game, I think, is going to be so major. Neither one of these teams are are awesome when it comes to scoring points. Even though the Raiders put up 30 last week against the Giants, that was the first time they got over 20 all season long. So it's not like it's going to be some kind of offensive shootout, and the Jets' defense won't allow that anyway. So ball security has got to be a must for both teams. So I want to see how Aiden O'Connell protects that ball against those dudes in the secondary and on that Jets' defense. You're so right. I, mean, I think this is a game of your betting. You take the under because
0: uh, and that's pretty much true with most Jets games yeah. this year because you're going, you have a really good defense and a really shaky offense. But I, I actually want to ask you a question. You know, talking about the Raiders receivers, what's been going on with Hunter Renfro? Because I saw it seemed like he would, he kind of fell out of favor with McDaniel's, and now maybe he's back with Antonio Pierce. You know, solid, very solid slot receiver. I think he actually went over a thousand yards a couple of years ago, and then yeah. during the trade deadline. That was a guy that was rumored that maybe the Jets would go after because it seemed like he
1: you know, kind of lost his role with the Raiders. Is he, is he back in the mix now? I mean, it feels like it. He had a couple catches on Sunday, but uh, he did. He he was on the back of a milk carton, man. And, and like every week I was wondering, like, where is Hunter Renfro? This dude had over 100 catches, over 1,000 yards. I mean, he's fantastic, right? We've seen what he could be, but he just – he, he wasn't in the good graces of the coaching staff for one reason or the other. And on top of that, you would think that he would be because we've seen what Josh McDaniel's offense with a slot receiver looks like. We've seen it be super successful. So I thought when McDaniels got hired, I was like, man, the happiest guy there has got to be Hunter Renfro wrong (laughs) he was not the happiest guy there and it just never worked out he got injured last year he got a concussion early on he fumbled the ball Uh, i'm sure that that played a little bit of a role he kind of freelances his his uh, routes so i'm sure that played a little bit of a role but it's got to be deeper than that it's got to be more than that somehow he fell out of favor with the coaching staff and wasn't really given the opportunity or didn't go out and take the opportunity, whatever it is, whatever the reasoning is, uh, he did show up on Sunday, had a couple catches, and uh, when McDaniels got fired and, and the next time we had a chance to talk to him in the locker room, I asked him about, you know, just the new changes and everything, and he said, look, you don't get too many mulligans in the NFL, so uh, I have another opportunity to go out there and show what I can do for this coaching staff. And, and hopefully I make the most of it. And he had a couple catches, almost had a touchdown on Sunday, which Raider Nation would have lost their mind if he had got into the end zone. So uh, just watch out for that. If Hunter gets in the end zone, it will be one loud, loud roar at Allegiant Stadium come Sunday night.
0: Yeah, I, I was thinking about Josh McDaniels. And has there ever been a coach in the NFL who's gotten two head coaching jobs and gotten fired in the middle of year two?
1: Man, I don't I don't know, but I don't think there'll be a third, <laughs> right? I mean, I just I don't feel like that there'll be a third. And you know, the crazy thing about that is and a lot of Raider Nation was was not for the hire when it when it happened, but I kept saying, like, look, okay, it was 10 years ago. Uh he said how much he learned from that experience in Denver. He learns not what not to do. So I'm like, let's give the dude a chance, right? I mean, he's he's the head coach. You don't want to just sit there and hire and fire, hire and fire, hire and fire because you're pressing the reset button every time you do that, but it's just crazy how. Really, it seems like he didn't learn anything from Denver. He's basically the same guy. It felt like there was a dark cloud over the organization that I didn't even realize was a dark cloud over the organization or over the fan base or hell over me at times. Right. I mean, it just it just seems so like, I don't know, it's just there was no energy or excitement. Right. And this is something that should be exciting, even for you know me to talk about this team. And then once he gets fired, and I never cheer for beat guys to get fired, I never root for guys to get fired. It's it's too h- tough to get jobs, but it just seems like the fan base all of a sudden got excited. It seems like the players got excited. It seems like me going to the facility was a little bit more exciting. It just is it's crazy, man, how one guy can change can change the whole trajectory of an organization and how you feel. And you know, it's just and it's it's been like I said, a breath of fresh air ever since I was walking to the stadium on Sunday against the giants and just watching the people in the tailgate in the parking lot tailgating, you could tell that they were having more fun. The music sounded louder, right? I mean, the, the, the people just sound like they were so much more excited. It was, it was wild to see and realize that one guy getting fired changed the whole trajectory. And, and early on in the season, I mean, there's still, when he got fired, there was still nine games left. And uh, with this game coming up on Sunday, it's still eight. So there's plenty of time in the season for the Raiders to make a run at this thing. I mean, I I don't know how good they're going to be. I don't know, you know, what is going to be, what it's going to look like, when it's all said and done. But they've got eight games to go out there and have fun and see what they can do. So it's pretty exciting times around here.
0: And you said something earlier that really, I think, says a lot. And so, sometimes it's sometimes you listen to the context of what players say. You mentioned that the players talked about Antonio Pierce being a former player and knowing how to treat yep. the guys. And yep. you know, that was always the issue with Josh McDaniels in Denver. And you know when you hear something like that, you kind of feel like maybe that was the issue with the Raiders.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely was. I mean, it, it's just it's just different. And I'm not saying that he treated them bad, but he didn't treat them like that guy treats them, right? He didn't treat them like a former player that knows what they need. Even last Thursday, they had a a, a really tough practice. It was only about an hour long, but it was really tough. And he said, hey, I wanted to, I wanted to get them into game shape. I wanted to get them in the mode to uh, be game ready. It doesn't have to be long, but it's a lot of repetitions. It's a lot of two-minute drills. It's a lot of goal line, a lot, you know, full pads and everything. It's go time. But then at the same time, when they're not practicing, all right, it's time to have fun. All right, yeah, go have fun. Go get in the dance circle. Go, you know, play basketball. Go do what you do. Like, he just knows that fine line because he's been there, done that, and the guys want to ring. So, I mean, he, he knows he knows what it takes. And I just think that's a different dynamic and that, that different voice in the room really helped that team out in a major way.
0: All right, well, now you know all about the Jets and the Raiders. Ahead here on this crossover edition of Locked on Jets, Locked on Raiders, we're going to give our predictions. What's going to happen Sunday night football? This episode of Lockdown On Jets is brought to you by Jace Medical. You don't want to be unprepared. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. And all it takes to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form. And in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. Get ongoing care from physicians on any treatment-related question. Doctor created, doctor recommended. And right now, if you go online at Jace Medical, you can receive a 12-month supply of your daily medication. And remember to use promo code Lockdown at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would get peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. And remember to use promo code LOCKEDON. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's Jace Medical, the Jace case. Crossover Thursday here on Locked On Jets and Locked On Raiders. John Butchko alongside your boy Q, getting ready for this matchup between the Jets and the Raiders. Jets' first trip ever out to Las Vegas for a regular season game.
1: Q, how do you see this one going? That's a great question. I mean, we mentioned it earlier when we were talking about the matchups. I don't, I don't feel like this is going to be a barn burner. I don't feel like this is going to be a game where there's going to be a ton of points scored. As you mentioned, uh, if you're going to bet on it, take the under, right? Because it feels like that—that's where this game is is headed. And Antonio Pierce on uh, on Wednesday, as a matter of fact, said that he's, "Hey, man, two defensive minded head coaches. Don't think there's going to be a ton of scoring going on in this game." But again, we'll see how it all shakes out. It's hard for me to call this one. It really is because that Jets defense is is so. So tough. And before the season started, I'll, I'll be 100% honest with you. Before the season started, I said I thought the Jets would come to the leading stadium and win the game. Not necessarily because Aaron Rodgers was going to light them up, but just because that defense was going to slow the Raiders down so much. Now, going back to last week, they found a run game with Josh Jacobs. They were able to get that going. And when they can get a running game going, it opens up everything else. So I'm interested to see what interim offensive coordinator Bo Hardegree looks like, how he adjusts his play calling from last week to what it'll be uh, this week. It's gotta it's gotta still be a heavy dose of Josh, right? Josh Jacobs has got he's gotta be able to be a big factor in this game. I and mean, they're not gonna be able to throw the ball 45 times and try to win. Like Zach, Zach Wilson threw the ball what 49 times on Monday night football. That's not a recipe for the Raiders to win. Aiden O'Connell doesn't want to throw the ball 49 times. Raider Nation doesn't want to see him throw the ball 49 times. Antonio Pierce doesn't want him to throw the ball 49 times. So it's gotta be a heavy dose of Josh Jacobs. If, and I know that's a big if they can establish the run. I feel like that they can have a decent day offensively, not a good day. I don't think anyone has a good day offensively against the Jets defense, but they've got to be able to establish the run. So I'm really, I'm really, I'm like hesitant to say if I, I feel like the Raiders are going to win. Cause I just, I just don't know. I don't know what it looks like week two. There's so much new, right? I mean, it feels like the season is just getting started and you got a brand new head coach. So uh, I'm just going to kind of lean on the fact that if the Raiders can establish the run uh Josh Jacobs could have a decent, to good day, then I think the Raiders have a really good chance. Um, you know, if they're able to create a couple turnovers, I feel like they'll have a really good chance. I don't think that the Jets, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, are a team that's going to climb themselves out of too many holes if they get down. You know, like they gave up a special teams punt return touchdown on Monday. You know, that's, that's something that the defense can't stop. That's the special teams. If, if, if the Raiders could find a way to create short fields or, you know, a, a score on defense or special teams, I feel like they have a good chance to win this game. But, man, I think it's going to go down to the wire. I really do. I think this is going to be a game that both defenses keep them really close. And, you know, maybe the the team with the ball lasts and an opportunity to kick a field goal wins this game. I'm not too sure. How are you looking at this one? Uh, I have a lot of dread heading into this game.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, um, I think, um, you know, I was looking at the stats the Raiders had earlier, and I was like, oh, that's not that good. But it's like you have to throw the stats out because that was a different team. It was a different coach. Yeah. Everything's different. Everything's changed now for the Raiders. Um. I don't feel good about this Jets team. You know, you mentioned it, Josh Jacobs if he has a decent game, Jets defense is stronger against the pass than they are against the run and one thing we didn't talk about, Jets lost Al Woods for the season who was kind of like their big run stopping nose tackle. He was probably their best run defender yeah. on the defensive line. Uh, he's he was lost for the season 2 weeks ago. I have concerns about the Jets run defense relatively speaking you know, holding up i I don't think it's an awful run defense but i think woods was a big loss and he you know in a game like this where you expect the raiders to run the ball a lot his i think his presence may have been felt um you know it feels like this season could just be slipping away for the for the jets and i I know that's melodramatic to say when they lose one game off a three-game winning streak but the way they were winning just was not sustainable. I mean, it was like they—you know—they forced four turnovers against the Eagles. Like, you can be a great defensive team and not force four turnovers, right? And if in fact, in fact, Jets' defense played really well against the Chargers. You know, they—you know—the turnovers weren't there, but this offense is just struggling so much. And I think the defense will keep them in the game. I think, you know, going up against a young quarterback, you know, they yeah. should have plenty of success on that side of the ball. Like I said, like we both said earlier, you know, take the under in this one. Right. A couple of weeks ago, I actually nailed the pick perfectly. I said the Jets would win 13 to 10 over the Giants. And I after that, after we recorded that show with Patricia Traina, who's the host of Locked On Giants, I was like, kind of like, why did I do that? That's way too low of a score. And then it ended up being exactly that. I mean, I think right. it could be another 13 10 kind of game. Could be. Uh, you know, and it, you're. Right. I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said. I mean, maybe just be which team avoids the big turnover because short fields are going to be key in this game. Yeah, I do think the Jet, Jets' defense. I'm sorry, Jets' special teams has been phenomenal this season. That uh punt return was so far, at least, it was an aberration. Uh, you know, it was maybe the one time they did not execute all season on special teams. So I, do, I don't think that they'll have the, the same kind of issue in this game. I think the defense is going to play well, but uh, this offense just looks really bad. And you know, I've seen that. Maybe this is just me showing my my inner Jets fan, where I've been through this before. And right. you know, this is a different team, maybe. But like, I feel like I know when the season's going down the drain. And listen, I hope I'm wrong, and I'm sure Jets fans won't love won't love this projection. I feel like this is like a 13-10 kind of Raiders win. Jets right. could win. I mean, it's. Yeah. I think it's. Good. I think it's. I say this almost all every week. I think this could be a coin toss game, and I think. It, with the Jets, every game is a coin toss game because their strengths and weaknesses are so pronounced. And you know, games are frequently going to come down to the wire, last week being an exception. But yeah, I just don't feel good about this game coming, coming in from the Jets' side.
1: Well, with that being said, then I'll go ahead and take 17-14. How about that? I'll call it 17-14. Daniel Carlson kicks a field goal to win the game. Because, uh, again, I think it's going to be a very low scoring game, um, you know, and that might be a high score. 17-14 might be higher than expected, but I do think that the Jets will find some kind of success, especially with Brees Hall. Man, he's phenomenal. I liked him a lot when he was back at Iowa State, so I really respect him as a running back. And the Raiders have struggled to stop the run. You know, that's one of the things Antonio Pierce said on Wednesday. Uh, you know, the Raiders defense has been playing well, but one thing that they need to improve on is the, is the run defense. And so... Uh, I know that the Jets are going to be very, as a matter of fact, when it comes to running the Rock, and they're going to get Brees Hall involved early and often. So uh, there could be ways that that offense can move, especially on the ground with Brees Hall. Uh, so I do think that they'll score multiple times. And, and again, I feel like this game will probably come down to a last-second field goal. So I'll just rock with 17-14. Uh, I'll, I'll cross my fingers and see what happens. But uh, again, I don't expect this to be a bunch of fireworks coming out of Legion Stadium on Sunday night, a little prime-time action. Uh, I'll give you one rock-solid guarantee. is that If the Jets have the lead with
0: 10 seconds left in the game and the Raiders have the ball at midfield, they will not call a zero blitz like they did in 2020 <laughs> when these teams played.
1: <laughs> I know that's right. If they did, boy, wouldn't that be a reminiscing? Oh my goodness. That, yeah, that would game,
0: be you know, that game, that game almost got the Jets Trevor Lawrence until they, you know, they've messed it all up and beat the Rams a few weeks later. That, right. that was the game. People were joking that they, they should
1: build a statue to Greg, uh, to Greg Williams after at MetLife stadium after, after that call. Yeah, that was that was bad. And the funny thing about that is, I mean, that was Derek Carr, to Henry Ruggs that 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 won that one. Carr's gone, Ruggs is gone, but there's a number four out there in Aiden O'Connell. There's a number eleven out there in Trey Tucker. Trey Tucker's got the speed just like Ruggs and well, uh, Aiden O'Connell could throw the ball down the field like that. So you'll see four and eleven out there, but it won't be the four and eleven that you remember uh, on that all that all uh, that cover zero blitz and all that. Yeah, there you won't see that, but you'll see four and eleven for the Raiders on Sunday night. Uh just different guys in those jerseys. Kind of funny, but should be fun, man. It's primetime action. Who who doesn't want primetime action? I do.
0: So. It's almost as fun as doing the show. Q, great <laughs> chatting with you again. I hope we get to do it sooner. I hope we don't have to wait three years for, for the next right. time we do this.
1: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. It should be fun, man, seeing the Jets in the Legion Stadium. I know uh, a lot of folks that I, I'm friends with that are Jets fans are excited about this one as well that will be in attendance as well. So uh, looking forward to it, man. It's always great catching up with you and enjoy the game. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it all shakes out. But uh, it's going to be a tough one Sunday night.
0: That's all for today's episode. This has been the Lockdown Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, give this episode a big thumbs up. This helps us out, help other Jets fans find the podcast. Have a great Thursday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow for our final episode of the week. We'll be talking more Jets Raiders.